Welcome to Soul House Love, the podcast. Join host, Stephanie Wood, as she connects with the best of Charlottesville's wellness providers, mystics, intuitive healers, and more. Visit www.soulhouselove.com for more content and information. Instagram at soul underscore house underscore love. And now, join Stephanie as she chats with Aunt Stanley, owner of Pyramid Appalachian Magic and Remedy. Pyramid is a metaphysical shop and herbal apothecary with a focus on Appalachian lore, culture, magic, and aesthetic. Located in Waynesboro and online at pyramidnewage.com. So, how are you? Um, great. It's, I mean, it's just been a busy couple of weeks. So, you know, you, I think you saw, I just got the, uh, the new window decal up. Like I've got a lot of new stuff coming into the shop tomorrow. I am really congratulations on one year in business. Thanks. It was technically back in April, but I was closed. So fuck it. Um, Okay, cool. Um, well, you did it and and you survived. I survived. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Okay. Well, Thank you for doing this again. Um, as we spoke about last time, because this is Pride Month, we wanted to highlight businesses and people who are members of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. And um, to those who are listening, we do have a recording and a post talking more about you and your business. But for just a quick refresher, maybe you could talk a little bit about who you are and what your company is. Yeah. Um, well, since we're focusing on the LGBTQ plus community, um, I guess I'll start with that. Like, you know, I, I came out when I was 15 years old and 15 years ago. Oh, God, how old am I? Well, when that <laughs> happened, <laughs> um, it was not initially received that well by my family. Um, so I went to conversion therapy and that obviously didn't work. Um, and then I continued to live out my shitty time through high school. And, you know, when I was 19, I hit kind of a rock bottom. I had to move back home. Um, and, you know, I, uh, tried to commit suicide and failed at that. So when I, came to, I realized that there was something more that I needed in my life. So I dealt with my pain. I dealt with my anger. Um, and I started connecting to myself more spiritually. I started connecting to my higher powers. Um, and it's just kind of been a road ever since. Uh, I found my voice. I found who I was. Um, we started getting like more language involved for, you know, nine non-binary, uh, queer, um, stuff like that. So that made it a lot easier for me to identify myself. And yeah, so I worked at Trader Joe's for like 12 years, which was awesome. And eventually I started focusing more on my practice and my work. And, you know, I hit 33 years old and I was like, I need to get out of Hampton Roads. So uh, I moved out to the mountains in Waynesboro and started my business and the rest is history. 
So did um did you find mysticism because you were trying to feel comfortable identifying yourself or through identifying yourself did you find mysticism? Um that's a good question. I think it was a little bit of both. Um Did you find mysticism because you're trying to work through feeling comfortable identifying yourself or did you feel comfortable identifying yourself like there's kind of like a lot going on so how did the evolution of mysticism and self-acceptance kind of play in a role with each other yeah so i looked for mysticism um after my attempted suicide um because i knew there was something missing in me uh i so I originally turned to Buddhism, and Buddhism is not mysticism, um, but it does work a lot on building yourself and your relationship with others in the world around you and making different connections. Um, so Buddhism really helped me through my, I guess, development in my early 20s. Um, and the more I practiced, the more I kind of like ventured out, you know, I was a regular at the, in the new wage section of Barnes and Noble for those of us who remember what that even is. (sighs) Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, I found that there were pieces of Buddhism that were missing for me. And, you know, I started studying different occult practices and occult really just means hidden knowledge. It's not like this bad thing. Um, but the more I studied, the more I found that I have a place in this world. You know, I always told myself, you know, I'm just, I'm always in the middle. I'm always in the gray zone, even like with gender. Like it was just kind of like my MO. Um, and I started reading more into like mysticism around the world and how, you know, people who are, who identify as both genders or neither are kind of like in this cool like in between of everything already um and they they just make really good mediums they make really good spiritual guides for people um so to answer your question it was both and it makes sense because i think that it is the argument with everything right is how constrictive we are this is how you have to identify and it makes sense to me that those who are some of the best mystics are some of the people who sort of are a little more fluid with all the ways in which they identify because they can see through the these little boxes. Um, yeah. You spoke a little bit before about conversion school. Um, I suspect growing up uh, around people sending you to a place where you feel like how you identify is wrong is can really play a part on how you feel about yourself. But how did you go through conversion school and not obviously not not get converted, but how how did you know that you weren't wrong and how you felt? Well, you know, my family struggled a lot with when I when I did come out. Um and I never felt it was I never felt it was wrong. It was I mean, you kind of know what you are around the age of five. You really start becoming sentient. And I'm not saying like as a five year old you're you know, you're not sexually active, hopefully. Um <laughs> but you start you start noticing attraction 
questions and you start noticing mannerisms in yourself and and then you know you go through grade school and people make you very aware of your mannerisms and who you are um but i never knew i never felt it was wrong because it's you know it's something you're you know it's like lady gaga says you're born this way so um you know i grew up with the church um baptist and you know, it doesn't matter how many times people tell you you're wrong. Like, if you don't believe it, it's just never going to happen. Um, so, you know, going through conversion therapy, um, I was just a little bitch. Like, I didn't listen to anything anyone told me. Um, and my conversion therapy was truthfully more a one-on-one thing. So it was just me and this guy who worked under Pat Robertson. Uh, um, so, and quote unquote, like ex-gay, like he converted. And, you know, if that suits his lifestyle, then so be it. But um, I was just really tenaciously stubborn. Okay, so you were saying that you were stubborn. Yeah, I was tenaciously stubborn. I ended up getting, I ended up getting kicked out um, of conversion therapy because the verbatim his words to my parents were, "There's nothing I can do for him," um, and that made me so happy. So they sent me. Um, okay. Well, um, I think, I feel like the most important thing of the story is that the reason why I find it really impressive is because you are empathic. And so, um, it's really brave and bold and wonderful that you can be quite sensitive and there's all these external factors sort of questioning how you're identifying. And that you were able to say, to feel confident enough to say that this is who I am. Did that confidence come, was that like when you left and the conversion therapy didn't work, did you leave with a confidence or was a confidence in how you identify something that came later? Um, that, that confidence came later. Like I was still in high school and, you know, granted I had the best friend group anyone could ask for. Um, but it was still difficult. Like, you know, I, kids are mean, like they, they don't know things yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still lacked confidence. I got to tell you that, and I, can, uh, I will never know his name, but I remember I would walk to this to the bus stop every morning and I would pass this black gentleman on the way and I used to hunch over and I used to sulk and look down. I was a little goth kid, so that's what we did. Um, <laughs> but like, I just remember every morning he would repeat to me, straighten up or stand up straight or pull your shoulders back. He was like, every day in a matter of seconds, he helped me to build my posture and it's such a weird thing to talk about. Um, but me carrying myself differently because of him, um, that is actually, that was the beginning of my self-confidence. And he ended up passing away shortly after I graduated. Um, but I will, I will never forget that man. Yeah, that's incredible and also a testament to small things that people can do daily that really make you don't you don't know like he may not have known how far that carried but that made a huge difference in your life um this is a little random but 
we've we've spoken numerous times and you have a very grounded and respectful approach to um like correcting people um <laughs> like uh, there are a few things i said in our last interview but you you really come from a place of like i never felt belittled when i said something incorrectly and um that i think is a talent is that something that you learned over time is that because like you really carry no judgment um like how do how do you do that <laughs> So um, I talked about uh, how, you know, after my suicide attempt, I, I looked into Buddhism and I did a lot of studying. And um, one of the Buddhist monks that helped me um, through his teachings, his name is Thich Nhat Hanh, um, what it really, the first book I read was, and I, this is going to sound like a plug, but you know what, so be it. Um, it was called Taming the Tiger Within. Um, and it was a really easy read. It was like, you know, I finished it in four days. But what it did was it helped me deal with my anger, um, my anger with myself, my anger with other people. And it, I'm not saying it happened overnight. Like, you know, you're in, when you're in your 20s, like you're just a you're still just a shitty kid. <laughs> like, so it was through my 20s, though, I learned to work through my anger and one of the things he taught was um, if you can learn to understand something, you can learn to love it. So even when people are, you know, speaking out of line or speaking out of anger, like I just kind of try. I'm not always great at it. I'm a Leo. I, you know, I'm awful. But by and large, like... I just try to remove myself and my emotions from the equation and try to understand, you know, why this person is the way they are. And again, once you can learn to understand something, like it becomes a little easier to love over time. So I don't really, when it comes to correcting people, I try to be respectful because, you know, 80% of the time they're not coming from a place of, you know, maliciousness. They're, they just don't know. And that's mm -hmm. it. It's true. Yeah. Um, but still, I, that's a gift I need to learn. So, oh, I'm not, well, well I'm done. no saint. I am no <laughs> saint, I promise. Um, I, I'm curious from your perspective as someone in the world of, you know, quote unquote wellness, um, what do you feel like are some of the gaps and services needed at the intersection of the LGBTQ plus uh, and the wellness community? So, ooh, we're going to open that can of worms, huh? Um, we go in. <laughs> so this year is very different from previous years, and we are still in, you know, Pride Month, the, the official Pride Month anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do have to lead with I'm so proud, so proud of the LGBTQ plus community um, because we have we have really focused our our aim and we're focusing on our black and brown communities within our own community and you know we are disenfranchised um you know not to the extent of indigenous indigenous americans and black americans but i'm just so proud that the community our community has been like we're going to take it back old school and we're going to celebrate the exact reason why pride exists um and that's because of a a trans black woman um 
But as far as filling in the, the gaps in the community, as far as, you know, everything, um, I ask nothing from the LGBTQ plus community. I think they're doing awesome. I would like to address um, the, the, the quote unquote wellness community, as you put it. Um, I'm going to call it, you know, new age or metaphysical. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest gripe it, right now, this month, and for the past three months is and will be if you're going to take or borrow um, black or brown spirituality you know and that goes right down to smoke cleansing if you want to call it smudging you call it that but I'm just I've been very disappointed in the lack of support in in, in our current environment from the metaphysical community um, it just seems it seems all too easy to take their spirituality but when they need our help everyone goes silent and truth be told that just pisses me off and I'm not here for that and so then how do you feel like there should be more support Um, you mentioned at the last time we spoke that unfortunately the recording didn't work Um, but I know you 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 feel like it is important that people take to the streets and not just you know draw (laughs) in the sand and put rocks um, yeah, I, yeah, it was uh, something along the lines of, you know, um, our black and brown communities need our help. And, you know, you can draw all the circles in the sand with and put rocks in the center all you want. But we live in the third dimension, honeys. Like we, <laughs> our most powerful magic is our action and our voice. And I'd like to see more of that. Like, and I, I don't mean to chastise anyone. And you know what? Fuck it. Yes, I do. Uh, I do. Um, y'all need to y'all need to listen and use your voice, and you know, use the privileges that we have to back up a community that is literally crying for help right now. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm directing this at the metaphysical communities. I'm directing this at these metaphysical shops in Virginia. Like, if you don't want to go to the protests, um, or if you're uncomfortable there, um, or if you don't want to donate to organizations, like, do something. Put your money where your mouth is. Um, help someone in your community. Help a person of color in your community. Um, I just, I've just seen this mute button um, from all these shops that I follow. And I, you know, the way I look at it, you can't be a witch and not support black and brown lives. Yeah. And I think it's the irony of like real wellness is inclusivity and supporting people who are asking for help. Wellness doesn't necessarily mean like clearing an aura. Wellness is no, like we all need to support one another and that's really how we feel good. So I think community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, So I love that. And I really applaud the fact that you are just brazen about what is the right thing to do and and the call to action that we all need to do something. Um, I do want to go back a little bit to um, what is something that you sort of wish more people knew about the LGBTQ plus community? Um, You know, maybe if growing up, 
there was some information people had access to or something that you've just received your whole life that you're like, oh, why is this like always coming up? What What is something you wish people knew more about? So I'm, I'm really glad you asked because it's always a kind of, I go back to it so often and just, you know, regular conversation when we talk about Pride Month. Um, I want to address um, the toxic masculinity that mm. existed and still exists in the gay community. Mm-hmm. And this is mostly, I'm addressing the gay men right now, like, lesbians, I love you, you're awesome, you know, my trans and non-binary people, I love you, Um, and I love my gay friends, Um, but, you know, growing up, um, masculinity was basically it's called it was it was called straight acting and any deviation from whatever straight acting means basically it was you know whatever if you had if you exhibited any iota of femininity like you got it was it was just bad like i i always felt like an outsider i've never even been to a pride parade let me tell you that first um because i have been told to my face by gay men that and i'm quoting this one person people like you give people like me a bad name so, and that wasn't a Michael's. That wasn't an arts and craft shop. It was like, all right, listen here. We're both in an arts and craft shop. Like, I don't know what you expected to run into, but um, you're not that much, for, you know, better. But, um... So I see a lot of people, a lot of straight people and their allies, and I love that. I totally support that, and thank you so much. Um, but they're, what I see a lot of is a, it's a party. You know, it's a celebration, and it should be a celebration. Um, and you know the you know they you know they may have been going for the past 10 years and it's always just been great and they've always embraced it but i i really wish more people knew that you know the queer part of the lgbtq plus community especially has struggled this, the hardest because for the longest time we didn't have a place like now you watch queer eye and you know you have jonathan who's non-binary and fucking gorgeous and it's accepted <laughs> and it's it's like it's sought after um mm. but it wasn't always that way like it, it was tough and there are a lot of people who don't feel a lot of people my age anyway i'm 34 um who, you know, it's it's weird, but we were disenfranchised in an already disenfranchised group. It was it was hard, and I want people to just know that. Like, you don't have to do anything about it. I just want people to acknowledge it. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought the perspective would be uh, how people outside the community can support, but I realize the difficulty in that you're not support you are trying to find solace in a community and within that community they're chastising you so you're like just really yeah. taking it from every direction I actually disassociated a lot with my sexual and gender identity like because I didn't feel like I had a home um, but here we are and I'm talking talking about it and I'm being I think that part of what is really admirable about admirable about you is 
um, that I, that no part of your journey has been easy and it has all been a introspective thing that you had to come to on your own where there wasn't support in the family, there wasn't support in the community, there wasn't support in the school, and even within a community that you felt was safe, there wasn't support. So, like, everything really, really, really had to come from internally within you, which is really admirable. It's it's survival. That's the only way I know how to put it. And I'm not a, I'm not the only one. Like there's thousands of people who are doing the exact same thing. Well, that was going to be my next question, though. What about someone out there who's listening to this that um, doesn't feel supported anywhere and has a, is having a hard time searching within to make the connection to feel accepted by themselves? themselves what advice would you give to someone in that position i mean maybe um yeah like someone out there struggling who hasn't come out yet or is afraid to come out or um is not supported anywhere um i would say stop seeking that acceptance Mm. and start doing the work to accept yourself and not only that but accept others like it is a two-way street like no i don't care what what level of victim you are um fuck what everyone else thinks truly like Mm. if i can open a witchy shop in a little mountain town and do it like you can do this like don't worry about other people. Don't worry about winning other people. Don't don't even expect their support. Um, my mantra is be unapologetically yourself. Like, just, that's it. Like, obviously, as long as you're not, like, hurting people. I'm not telling serial killers out there to, like, yeah, go do it. Um, but, you know... You know, exercise your rights. Be loud. Like, and don't wait for someone to notice you. Like, uh, the majority of people will never know the good things you do or who you are if you don't use your voice and your actions to do it. So, you know, I'm going to repeat myself again because it's important. Be unapologetically yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, Is there anything, while the connection is working, is there anything that you'd like to add that I didn't ask or anything that you just want to say to a community that's listening? Um, Yeah. Um, I'd like to do a little plug for, you know, my own business and you know it's not a pat on the back it's I want this to be a message for our black and brown communities um, especially you know in the Appalachia and specifically you know the valley Um, I have your back and if you need a safe space and you need a home and or you want your voice to be heard if there's anything I can do to you know project your voice just talk to me. Um, the same thing goes for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, if you feel disenfranchised by any means, come sit down. I'll put on some tea and we'll talk. Um, Lord knows it's helped me. So all I can do is pay it forward. So if you need to have your voice heard, just come see me. 
You are amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I, it's you always know. such a joy to talk to you. And um, I think you must be full of like cosmic power because the connection always gets shoddy. Well, I am full of wine. That's about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's cool. Well, it's... Yeah, you have um, a really unique and wonderful perspective that I really respect. And your store is really wonderful and your products are wonderful and um, your message is incredible. And I encourage people to support you so that you can continue to support the community in the ways that you're supporting them. Well, like I said before, um, thank you so much for giving me the voice, just giving me a voice, like what you did today. And, you know, two weeks ago when you you made a conscious effort to give somebody else a voice. And there's so much power in that in of itself. You know, the power is relinquishing it to other people. And I really thank you. I appreciate you. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And I see you and exactly how you are. And I think it's incredible. And just want to shine you like a beautiful little star that you are. Until until our next interview, when we can sit together and drink. Yeah, let's do the next one in person because yeah. we can go right next door and like, yeah, have some drinks. <laughs> have some drinks. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to Soul House Love. Are you curious about energy healing or the everyday esoteric? Visit soulhouselove.com for more practitioner profiles and cosmic guidance. Stephanie Wood is a Charlottesville Reiki practitioner, transplanted New Yorker, and mother of two. Soul House Love is committed to allyship and promoting inclusivity in the wellness space for BIPOC and LGBTQ plus voices. Black Lives Matter.